The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace, you can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Visual Workplace. I am indeed Gwendolyn Galsworth your host on this, our weekly radio show, about letting the workplace speak. In each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system, the details of our operational system, into the living landscape of work through visual devices, how to install the language of our current level of operational excellence, even if we are not quite as excellent as we wish we would be or as we will be soon enough. When we make that level concrete and specific by way of visual devices, these mechanisms, these physical mechanisms... We create many systems and systems of systems. We can literally see how we think. We can see the details of our operational systems dynamically in place. And we can predict how they will function, how our thinking functions. We can see the gaps because we've captured the current level in visual devices. And why do we bother? We bother for the bottom, for the bottom line benefits. For improved safety, better quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking costs, least cost means, one of my favorite words that I found in the Japanese way back when in the 1980s, the least cost means, wonderful. We also do it for the splendid cultural benefits, the alignment, a spirited and engaged workforce. When we liberate information through visuality, We liberate the human will. There is a lot of us that will come out as we begin to have confidence in a workplace because it speaks. And it speaks in a voice that we recognize because it is our own voice. This is why it is so important, at least as I have found it, to create eye-driven visuality. Highly inventive, very local, very localized, very specific to the local level. And I like to say weird. I always look for a level of weirdness in visual devices as a testament to the eye, the power of the eye that has invented it. If it isn't there, then I'm mostly seeing cookie-cutter visuality, and I know that it won't last. But that's for a different show. When we create a visual workplace, a workplace that speaks, we get the bottom line benefits, 15 to 30% increase in productivity. We see 15% all the time. We have a 
splendid work culture that is aligned, engaged, and I'm not just talking about operators, but also managers and CEOs. They all have a voice that is visual, if I may say so. And we enjoy ourselves at work. We actually go to work, as Taichi Ono told us, we go to work to think, to improve, to be engaged. He said, people don't come to Toyota to work, they come to think. Hmm? The whole enterprise begins to kind of throb with its consciousness and its wonder. Hmm? So welcome. Welcome to the Visual Workplace. Today we're going to start a mini-series, a little docudrama, as it were, on Lean. And over the next few weeks, Lean and the origins of 5S, how those connected. And also how it got a little, 5S got a little off track when it came to the West. And Lean became a kind of very large elephant all things to all people. (laughs) I find this a very interesting story, even riveting, and I hope you will get into it too. But more on that in just a moment. I have a few announcements. I want to invite you with quite quite urgently to visit our video clip gallery on the homepage of visualworkplace.com. You will see six short segments what is visuality, why it's important, what it looks like in the community, what it looks like in the workplace. And you will also see, since last week, two brand new clips on the origins of 5S, first in Japan and how it morphed when it came to the U.S. And I'm going to be talking about that as this small mini-series we're starting today on the show continues. There's also a good bit on audit, on audits, and also I want to ask you to take a look, take a look, and please enjoy what we're sharing there, and come back because I'll be adding clips to the series as we go along, and I plan to add a whole clip on audit, a kind of audit clinic with suggestions about some changes, small changes, that you could make that would make, I think, a powerful difference in your audit approach if, in fact, you are struggling with that. And when you do stop by, please become a member. It is free on the first level and you get lots of benefits, lots of free stuff, an assessment tool, a pre-launch checklist, something that I've been developing over the past 30 years, plus you get all of our podcasts for streaming and and for the month of October, this very month, our members, any member, will have access to the Visual Basics. This is a training module that is the first module in my Work That Makes Sense system for operator-led visuality. There is a link in your account right now, and you can use it freely until the end of October. It's about an hour full of examples. It is a teaching training module, the first in the system of Work That Makes Sense operator-led visuality. You can watch it free for the month. You can show it to your teams, and we hope you get excited because, we yes, we have a bit of a hidden agenda, but not so hidden. We think that once you see this module, you will become interested in the entire system, and that entire system, work that makes sense, operator-led visuality, 12 modules, is on a special discount for the month of October. It is available for half off fully half off. That darn system used to cost $14,000 two years ago. 
I swear on the head of my cat, Merlin. And yes, many of you bought it, but the world moved forward and the visual thinking team here learned about a new technology and we now, we offer it now for $4,800, but it's on sale for $2,400 this month and it is excellent. It is excellent. You know already that I love my work. I love doing my work. And we put hundreds and hundreds of hours in developing this. This is not death by PowerPoint. This is a learning, training, inspiring, motivational course that creates transformation and creates transformation through visuality that that lasts. It is enormously effective. And many, many, many companies have used it. And we think many more We'll be using it soon, and we hope to acquaint you to the system through this special October event. Please take advantage of it, because it will be over. If you're not a member, become one. It's really easy. Watch the first module, and then before the stroke of midnight on October 31st, Halloween, get your system online. You can do everything online if that's easier for you, or you can call us for help if that's easier for you. Go to visualworkplace.com and click on the free button. Find your link to the module right there. Or you can email us at radio at visualworkplace.com. Okay? Please do it. It's a great opportunity. Uh, We are on your side, and this is one way that we are showing it to you. So let's get to today's focus. Lean alone is not enough. Lean alone is not enough. It's a nice turn of phrase. But you know, many companies attempt to convert from traditional, let's say, operations, because this applies to hospitals and offices too, to the new way, the new manufacturing, the new hospital, the new offices. And they rely almost exclusively on lean tools. You know, no bones about it. Time-based improvement is a critical step, a critical step in transforming your enterprise and increasing your profit and getting rid of the waste. No question about it. These companies focus on reducing the time component of the process, attacking time as a cost factor. This is what Lean is about in order to increase profit margin and take, get rid of the struggle. That means reducing cycle time as well. The lean strategy and its complement of tools, cellular design, tack time, standard work, pull systems, line leveling, load balancing, balancing. this is all crucial to both of the outcomes. Cellular design, and you can use this in hospitals, for example, creates discrete fields that are defined by the value that gets added there. Material and people and information follow a path through the physical environment. And improvement cycle after improvement cycle, this begins to describe what the Japanese called the least cost flow. I love that term, least cost flow. Least cost means. That is the line, the critical path. And yes, you certainly do 5S and value stream mapping as part of that. But let me take a detour for a moment because I know that some of you who are listening may not recognize your lean in my description of lean. When I describe lean, 
as time-based improvement, critical path, least cost flow. I would say you are doubtlessly doing 5S and value stream, but what's the rest of that, you may be saying? That's not got anything to do with what we're doing. If you don't recognize this in your version of lean, as your version of lean, don't worry, it's not your fault. It's because you're doing a different kind of lean. You're doing a lean process that focuses strongly, I think, on continuous improvement, Kaizen process improvement, Hmm? with nearly zero talk about methods such as pull systems or tack time or Kanban or cellular design. You're probably doing some version of standard work or TWI, training within industry, discovered and developed back in World War II. There's not exactly confusion here. What there is, is a sharp dividing line right now in the world of lean between hard-edge technical tools on one side and soft-edge continuous improvement tools on the other. And I want to pick up this theme right after our first break and develop develop it a little bit before I go into the main focus of the show, which is Lean Alone is Not Enough. So I'll see you in a minute. I will be here when you get back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're 
listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi there, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and welcome to the second segment of our show today. Our topic of focus, our focus of topic, is Lean Alone is Not Enough. Just before the break, I was talking about how there is confusion right now. There is puzzlement, because when we talk about lean, we're really talking about two different kinds of initiatives. One of them is hard-edged, uses technical tools, calculates, uh, pull systems, Kanban, cellular design, tack time, etc. It's very precise, very technically oriented. And the other is soft-edged. It's continuous improvement, it's Kaizen, it's incremental improvement, and it's a bit of a mishmash. And it's important for us to recognize this and understand that there is a difference, and also understand, I believe, how the difference got there. But I will tell you that that will have to be the meat and potatoes of a different show, one that we will wait for, let's say, in about a month, because it is worth the study. But for right now, I want to keep on track and say, whether you are making improvements to and conceiving of your lean in this way as making improvements to a product or a service's critical path through hard-edged tools or making impressive gains through continuous improvement and Kaizen. In either case, in either case, these improvements are not permanent. They will erode because, and this is what I'm saying lean alone is not enough. Lean has not incorporated a sustainment tool. The only sustainment apparatus that is now a part of lean is one that doesn't work, and that is the audit. That is the audit. A great deal of waste has been taken out of the system, out of your production system, your operational system, if you're in hospitals or offices, through Improvement tools, of course, through standard work, absolutely indispensable. But an operational system exists in time and in space, and it has to hold its edges as time passes or as the space changes. You get a new building, or you have to combine departments, or... You expand within a building. You move to a different floor. The improvement has to hold its shape. And it can't hold its shape over time and over space by itself. Lean alone is not enough. It is an incomplete model, powerful model. And the completeness that I discovered is that when you combine it with visual, because visuality embeds your operational system through visual devices, you have a sustainable system. I promised to do a little piece that will be on our website, visualworkplace.com, about how to improve your audits. But I will tell you, for me, 
I want to say this, I feel almost unscripted when I say this, thinking that a compliance tool can sustain something as rich and dynamic as lean or continuous improvement is madness. And I call it Borg thinking. Borg as in resistance is futile. I did a little article on this in um, on, on Borg thinking this week in our newsletter, Visual Think the Visual Thinker. You can get that free on our website. And this Borg thinking is very dangerous because basically, you know, the Borg from Star Trek is all about assimilating everything. That's their idea of perfection. If we have everything on the inside, then we will be perfect because there's nothing outside of us, so everything on the inside means that it's perfect. But it's a bit of a mishmash, and the way that the Borg have handled it is to become very critical and very cold, and they're machines. Resistance is futile. We're going to absorb you. We're going to assimilate you. We are going to become all things to all people. But the piece that did not get assimilated, or let's say got absorbed in part, was the visual piece, and yet... The visual piece is, is the dynamic strategy for sustainment. There is none better. Its purpose is to embed standards. Its purpose is to embed the details of work, to embed it physically. That's what the purpose of visual devices is. Unlike folks in lean who think, oh, the purpose of visuality is to show us the difference between normal and abnormal. No, that's only one component. That's like 3% of of 100% of what visuality does. Powerful and important, but very, very narrow. So it's important to understand that lean, whether you're doing it as continuous improvement or the application of hard edge tools to get a technical outcome that will march uh, to to the, the drumbeat of time, you have not put in a sustainment mechanism and therefore you're going to lose those gains. Maybe you'll retire in the next year and not see them go, but I promise you within two years they will slide. They will slide. So, how do you ensure that the principles and practices of lean become a way of life? Hmm? What do you do? When your event-based improvements, Kaizen Blitzes, REIs, run their cost, I'm sorry, run their course. Hmm? And what do you do when sustainment steps are not, cannot even be considered because there are so many deep-seated barriers in the work culture that makes lean, even lean as an outcome, out of reach? All of these can be addressed through visuality, the different powers of visuality. Mm -hmm. And they are why workplace visuality exists as such a powerful strategy. Rolls-Royce Aerospace in the UK realized this very late in the game. They had spent most of the 90s pouring huge amount of resources into lean conversions. They were working with McKenzie, and they were always accused McKenzie of learning on their back, on their penny, on their pound, I should say. <laughs> that McKenzie learned about lean by, you know, watching Rolls-Royce do it. They did marvelous work. 
but within three years, they were very sharp. I'll tell you, the English are so acute. They saw these gains, impressive gains, erode, and they said, my goodness, how can this be happening? They were so hard won and so specific and so by the book. How could they be eroding? And they're eroding because visuality wasn't in place, and that's when we met. That's when they said, okay, we've got a missing piece. They had remembered a presentation I gave in 1984 in Australia. Some one person was in the audience, but he happened to be a player. He happened to be someone very important in the organization who was there at the discussion of what do we do about this erosion. A wonderful man named Steve Pollard and his boss, or I should say his colleague, his lateral colleague, was Peter Dobbs, who was in charge of uh, strategic improvement. What marvelous, marvelous people and marvelous brains, acute and driving and demanding, and of course, very polite, very courteous all the time. Wonderful combination. So, there was a, so what to do? And they moved over to visuality. It was very good. I want to say that this gap is not anybody's fault. I've spent the last 35 years developing visuality into a system, codifying it. It didn't exist before, except as so many point solutions. And it takes a long time for these changes to happen, especially when they are maybe what I would call oblique, where I'm actually creating a system while I'm trying to convince people to use the system. And many people are using it. Many people are coming around. They have exhausted the resources of their current thinking and they're looking for what's next, what can help me. It's very encouraging. I want to go back to an event uh, that I want to respectfully describe that was a bit of a cause for the problem of visuality not being part of the lean equation. So, my apologies on the front side to Dan Jones and Jim Womack. You have done extraordinary work. You have made a huge and almost incalculable contribution to the betterment of society, humanity, and the economy through your book, Lean Thinking came out in 1997. I was overjoyed. I was overjoyed for a particular reason because somewhere early in the book, the two authors declared right there in print, 5S is the crucial first step on your journey to lean. This was 1997. I had been doing this for 15 years. I've been doing visuality for 15 years. And I'd been doing 5S, my form of 5S, for 15 years. And I was having a hard time getting traction in terms of not having, I found I always had to sell the stuff. Why, why don't people just realize it so we can, be, we can just get on with the work? And so along comes Womack and Jones, Jones and Womack, the heavyweights, the priests. They became the priests of the movement and they said this is a crucial first step. At last, at last. They had said, they had endorsed what I had maintained for nearly two decades, 1984 to 1997. Visuality was indispensable to operational excellence, 
But in the years that followed, I realized that that is not at all what they said. And it wasn't what they meant. They were not advocating for a visual workplace. Instead, they were urging us to achieve a certain measure of cleanliness and order and to install some lines and labels in order for the production floor to be able to more successfully implement lean. Oh my goodness, this was such a pale version of what was possible. So I'll pick up my complaint, my respectful complaint, I hope, after our next break. And um, I hope that you find this as interesting as I do. It is a fascinating piece of history for me. The only difference is between me and most of you is that I was living it in real time, flesh and blood, holding my breath, wondering what was going to happen next. Halcyon days. They're wonderful. I treasure them. I'll see you in a minute. I'll be here when you get back. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back. Welcome back to the third part of our show today. I'm really thrilled to be sharing this with you. This discussion of lean alone is not enough. That is our topic for for the day. And what I particularly uh, appreciate about this time that we're having together is that I'm able to get a little bit closer to what the thinking was like at the time, at the kind of the middle of the beginning and what the impact was. Because, you know, I think about this a lot, as you know. By the way, I didn't announce it because I was in Africa at the time, but we've had, uh, we have now entered our fifth year of this radio show of continuous broadcast. And all of this time, as I prepare these shows and I, re- I prepare each and every one of them, um, I've been thinking about this whole field because I've wanted it to become clear to you and so it has to become super clear to me and things that I either haven't had time to think about or never even thought to think about have come to the forefront and it's been I would say fascinating. <laughs> I hope that you've enjoyed this as much as I've, I've been enjoying it because uh, I really really uh, can hardly wait. I can hardly wait. And um, I want to thank you for your loyal listening. You know, we have about 70,000 people listening every month. Sometimes they don't make it to the show. They take the podcast. But we're still very, very pleased that we've kept our numbers up. So just before the break, we were talking about the honor and respect that we give to Jim Womack and Dan Jones for their contribution. But we also are looking at what Jim and Dan have kind of overlooked in their 1970, 1997 book, Lean Thinking. We're getting closer to the nub of the matter. What is it that Womack and Jones overlooked? And in a little while, I won't get to it this time, but our next show will be a kind of deconstruction of 5S. And what has that got to do with visuality and 5S? When the authors published Lean Thinking, perhaps it was 96, not 97, They offered the world a book that codified the core principles of a new and core operational model. Though they did not state it directly, they created a profile for the Toyota production system. And it was revelatory. It revealed so much and highly useful and added a deeper logic to JIT, just in time, the ancestor of lean, standard work, Kanban, load leveling, and all those associated mechanisms that we've been talking about it. And the impact of the book and that model was nothing short of dazzling. Its elements worked and worked well. And finally, we had a way of contemplating the war on waste, Muda, that was drawn broadly enough for it to apply to many venues, in fact, to any venue of work, any work setting. This was a coup and a contribution of a very high order. Plus, the lean thinking models positioned a lot of, uh, uh, it became a very, very good partner to other thinking models and other marketing and sales efforts. And the model began to spread. It became packageable. We could put it in a package. And the principles that they noted were very useful, value, the value stream, flow, pull, and perfection. Who could disagree with those? Who could argue with those? So then you have every right to say, Gwenny, what is the problem? 
The problem for me was this, as a model, what Womack and Jones defined was incomplete. A major, major principle was left out. It was, in a sense, hidden in plain sight, but hidden nonetheless. The problem was one of omission. They omitted something and not commission. They didn't say anything wrong. They just didn't say the right thing. The omitted thing was, and in my view is, as I said a moment ago, invisible to most eyes anyway, and that is the principle of visual information sharing. This is so much a part of the Toyota production system that it literally is invisible. People don't see it because it is coterminous with the system itself, hidden in plain, in plain sight. So despite the fact that Womack and Jones made this contribution, this enormous contribution, and we are grateful, because they omitted visuality, it did clearly did not advance the understanding of visuality, but they inadvertently demoted it. It's kind of like damning with faint praise or damning, if I may use that word, perhaps you find that too strong, um, by omission. And they did so innocently. In the best sense of the Greek word, ignosis, they simply did not know. A kind of ignorance, an innocent ignorance. The field of visuality had not yet been sufficiently codified. I don't think I really reached that point until probably the early 2000s after my work with Lockheed Martin and some other things happened. It finally kind of came together and it came together in my book, Visual Workplace, Visual Thinking, that came out in 2005. There was the model, the 10 doorways. Well, here comes what we we discovered since then. The visual workplace is needed, and there is one simple reason for that, although I'm going to say it in many ways in the next few moments. People have too many questions, whether they work at a company that is lean or not lean, whether it's a hospital or an office or discrete manufacturing, automotive, aerospace, or continuous process flow, a winery or utilities. There's a lot of detail. There are a lot of changes. There are many, perhaps we could say too many, human factors and environmental factors, and all of these impact work. The way it is performed, not its content, because that is identified, but the way it is performed. And there is also, as mentioned a moment ago, the passage of time, the erosion that comes from the passage of time. You know, as far as the matter of questions is concerned, many questions that need answers vitally are never asked. Instead, we as humans, we humans muddle through, we make something up, or we just skip it. And Because if we do ask a question, there's always another that pops up almost instantly. In a non-visual environment, there are always questions and they repeat and repeat and we engage in the same questioning day after day, day after day and slowly our confidence in the system and in ourselves erodes. Another way to say that is that questions trigger answers that are answered incompletely, inaccurately, not fast enough or not at all. That's no answer. 
what am I supposed to do with that? When we consider the load of questions that are asked over and over and over again, in a single year in a pre-visual company, we quickly discover that this is pre-visual. The most frequently asked question is where? And I will say the most frequently asked question without a doubt on the operations level is where? I can't vouch for if that is the premier question in marketing or sales or the boardroom. I think there are a lot of what's and why's there as well. You can be sure. But operationally, where? Where is the material? Where are the die? Where is the report? Where is the work order? Where are the meds? Where are my tools? Where is the patient chart? Where are the supplies? Where? Where is my supervisor? (laughs) Who is my supervisor? Where is my supervisor? And on and on. These are, of course, the six core questions that are part of visual thinking. If you've been listening to the show, you probably know them by heart, the six core questions. Where is the first of the six core questions? And in a visual workplace, one way to think about it is that what we are doing is we're embedding answers to those six core questions, beginning with where and then what, when, that's also time when, but also duration of time, who, also that means by what machine, what tool, that's agency, who, how many, also how long, they go hand in hand, and how, how do I do it? Those six core questions, there's a whole show on this, you can stream it, you can find it probably under the title of six, six core questions. But the first is installing the answer to the where question into the physical landscape of work. But if you think as Jim Walmack and Dan Dan Jones did in their Lean Thinking book, the visual where is merely another word for 5S. And now we have a problem. Because in fact, 5S is not exactly that. Not exactly Mm-hmm. So, let me pick this up in the last segment of our show today, and we will continue this discussion because I want to go into the origins of 5S. This we'll do in the next show, I believe. And then I want to go into the adaptations that were made so that you understand how this whole thing evolved and why we need to train our eyesight on some solutions that are in addition to what we are working on now, what we are focusing on now, and what is being marketed, what is being sold now. And in my view, the visual workplace's time. The time for the visual workplace has come. It doesn't mean you didn't need it before. It only means that certain other avenues have been used and used well and exhausted, and still there is a gap. And so let's address that gap. So I'll be back in a minute, and you know what? I'll be here (laughs) when you get back. (laughs) Thank you. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's toll free 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Hi, it's Gwendolyn, and we are in the fourth segment of our show today, Lean Alone is Not Enough, and we are in the process of unnesting, I hope successfully, how it is that Lean formed itself, got formulated, and yet such a premier and important component of its success was overlooked, visuality. And my own belief, my own research, if you will, says, you know what, one of the reasons why this was overlooked is because visuality had never been codified before. It was so threaded through the Toyota production system and other Japanese production system, Canon and Mitsubishi and, and the other greats, that it was unnoticed. We didn't notice it because it was so prevalent and because it hadn't been codified, it hadn't been named. And in fact, visuality, the visual workplace, visual devices, as I've observed at Toyota, are really used as adjuncts. One of the reasons why visual devices are used as adjuncts as compared to actual improvement strategies is because 
the Japanese and the great companies, the Japanese work culture is so homogenous and so powerful that the information gaps do not erode its viability. In the West and in the United States, which is where I cut my teeth in the 1980s and 90s, in the United States, the gaps of information were corrosive. The fact that we were in the business of making and making more of volume versus quality created a workplace where there was a kind of anti-culture, a kind of everything you could do wrong is what you're seeing right here with the work culture. It was abusive. It was hands and feet, no brain, no heart. It was very pressurized. It did not have the human touch. It did not recognize teams. It did not recognize the human being. The human being was used and used by, from early on, as a machine, an extension of the machine. And all of those things created a work culture that was non-viable. Things were falling apart in the 1960s and 70s. Difficulties. Unions had great strength because there was so much abuse. And some of this abuse was obvious, but a lot of it was subtle. It was on the values level. It was who I thought I was and who I thought you were. That's my definition of culture. And the culture becomes aligned when I know that I am you. And all of this was not in play in the United States. I don't want to exactly say the West, but I don't think that Europe and other developing countries, other developed countries are that far behind. And so the, the role of visuality at Toyota was not as wide in scope as it is or wide in impact as it is now in the United States and in the West, because simply the work culture was better. We'll talk more about that when we talk about 5S next week. There were many mechanisms in place to support that value system. And of course, that value system, and of course, that value system came up only after the war. Uh, I, I, one day, we were doing study missions to Japan, and I remember we went into a plant that was simply a mistake. It was a plant from the 1930s. There was a back room where people sat on little stools and they were straightening out screws with a mallet. There was a sea of bins, wooden bins full of screws and there were a number of people, men and women, sitting there on low stools banging away at this product trying to get it good enough to sell. And it actually was such a gift to be in that plant because otherwise you think, oh, my God, all of Japan is full of these classy, first-rate uh, organizations that you see on a study mission. But this was lifting up the skirt, going behind the curtain and seeing what, it, what many of the other plants in Japan were. Just shockingly awful in every single way. In terms of work, work content, and humans. <laughs> and I thought, thank you. 
thank you, dear Lord. This is a, another one of your great mistakes that we can learn from. Or one of, another one of our mistakes that you would have us learn from, I suppose, is a better way to put it. So, let's get back to our discussion and put a little ribbon on it. So, the visual workplace is, in fact, the ground in which all the production systems reside. When we think like that, we're getting a little closer to the heart of the matter and the heart of the gap. That Womack and Jones noticed so much is praiseworthy. That they missed this is forgivable, but it had a huge impact because they did not see the forest for the trees. They didn't name the forest. They saw the Kanban, the Andon, the color coding, the enablers that support value and the value stream flow, pull, and perfection. They saw that micro level, and on that level, those tools are enablers, but they missed the level of principle that the visual workplace, workplace visuality was a principle in the system uh, that made these production systems work and work so well. In a way, the visual workplace, the technologies of the visual workplace, or let me say it this way, the principle of visual information sharing is the system in which all other systems reside. Your quality system, your maintenance system, if you will, in hospitals, your med system, your supply system, your patient uh, admission and release discharge system, all of these are systems, they're coherent, and they reside within a system that is visual. Visual workplace is the very ground in which the systems of your operations reside. And if you miss that ground, then you miss the platform that holds the whole thing together. And that's where you get the erosion. And that's where you, you, you cannot address that through an audit. It's per, too pervasive and it's not, mm, it is not able to be segmented into auditable components. It is more a condition of work and a condition of mind, a principle. All work is, tra- is the translation of information into exact behavior. All work is that. And so the whole level of information sharing is the domain of visuality. If you do it any other way, through classroom training, OJT, written SOPs, manuals and binders, lots of meetings, lots of questions, lots of meetings, lots of meetings, then you're struggling all the time and you're not getting a grab. So I'm going to leave it at that and say that we had a first good discussion that is beginning this little mini-series, this docudrama about Lean alone is not enough and what was the dropout on visuality and how 5S did not really cover the need. We'll pick this up. I hope you'll be interested. I hope you join us again. I love talking with you. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm signing off. Let the workplace speak. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. 
Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. We'll be right back.